surprisingly enough, digging right on into the Gospel of Luke. That's right, the Gospel of Luke. We're in chapter 18. Uh, you know, if you want to grab a few Bible in front of you and turn, if you've got your own Bible, awesome for you, then turn. I've got my uh, iPodian Bible, all right, Tackett Revised Version right here, ready to go. And uh, we're going to get into it. Uh, two stories today, both um, of fairly popular tales from the scriptures, but um, I'm, we're going to do them together uh, because of how they both finish. And that's where we're going to find our new nugget of teaching today. So let's read first, like always. We're going to read through it so that Craig's not making any of it up. It's not my words, they're his words. And then we'll teach through it, okay? Here we go. People were also bringing babies. In some of your versions, it may say children, which is what we're used to most. In some versions, it will say infants. And I'm going to explain that in a minute to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them for the kingdom of God. Listen, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never. And he doesn't say not. He says never enter into it. Now, a certain ruler asked, good teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life? So I always teach this story starting right here. But if you want to look back one verse, it says, this is who, infants, this is who will enter the kingdom of God. So a man then responds to that with, teacher, well, what can I do? I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit older. I have, I'm in charge of people, all right? And this is the story of the rich young ruler that you know from Mark, okay? Luke takes a ton from Mark from here on out, right? Because Mark was written first and both Matthew and Luke get a lot of their sources from Mark. Well, a lot of Mark starts to come in from here on because we're finishing Luke's parables, all right? And then it's stories and uh, the, the crucifixion and the resurrection. So the ruler says, well, well what must I do? Why do you call me good? And we're going to land on this verse today, all right? Why do you call me good, Jesus says? No one is good except God. Well, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and your mother. All of these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, when Jesus heard this, when Jesus heard this, let me stop and say right now, Jesus already knew this. It's always good to recognize who Jesus is when we're having these stories so that we know that he knows that he knows that he already knows, okay? When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. A, a, a command with a promise, mind you. Then come follow me. Go give everything away and you're going to get treasure and then come and follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad. All right, the New International Version in Mark says, At this, the man's face fell. At this, the man's face fell. He went from, I'm listening, I'm excited to, Oh. 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 I have a, a lot of money because he was very wealthy. At this, the man's face fell. Why? Because he was very wealthy. Notice it doesn't say because he wasn't going to get in. 
Notice it doesn't say because of what Jesus says. The reason for his sadness, because he was very wealthy. Now, if you just take that verse, you could preach that being rich is wrong. Not the case. Absolutely 100% not the case. We're going to check that out in a minute. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And he puts an exclamation point on that. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, well, then who can be saved? And we'll explain that in a minute. They're like, that's literally a nearly impossible task. Jesus says, well, what is not possible with man is possible with God. Well, Peter said, well, we, we, we have left everything we had to follow you. So now we've got some of the disciples, some of the ones close to Jesus going, uh, we're, we're giving all this up. We, we. Jesus says, listen, listen, listen. That's a loose translation. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Truly, I tell you. No one who has left a home or a wife or brothers or sisters, no one who has counted the cost and then said, I, I will leave everything for you for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times more in this age and in the age to come. And guys, let's be real. When it comes to our decision making, when it comes to using wisdom and discernment, when it comes to making choices on an everyday basis, no matter how young or how old you are, we tend to do it in the moment. No offense, young, older. I was looked at a daughter and a mom and mom was like, who are you calling? Oh, I could see it on her face and daughter's like, <laughs> all right. No matter how young or old you are, we still tend, especially, listen to me, if our quiet time, if our prayer time, if our Bible reading time, if our church attendant is, is going down, if all those things are going down, listen to me, we tend to make our decisions much more in the moment. Anybody tracking with me right now? And when we make decisions in the moment, we tend to forget, listen, that this is not our home, that these things are but for a moment, that our possessions and our emotions and our feelings and even our family and our friends and our children are temporary. If we're going to talk about the kingdom of God, Jesus is saying, then let's talk about the kingdom of God. It does not have a time frame. It does not have a beginning and an end. It was, it is, and it always will be. So you your brain that you can't wrap around that to wrap around this. If you choose me for eternity, I'll take care of eternity. Okay? Now, I didn't mean for it to all come out that way, but that was good and that sets us up for going back to the children. Okay? Every, every time you've heard this passage preached, I'm, 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 I'm guaranteeing, I guarantee that this is all focused on kids or childlike faith, right? We must have a childlike faith in order to accept and comprehend Jesus with this, with this uh, throw it all away attitude, this running into the arms. Nugget likes to back up. If, I'm, if she comes in in the morning and I'm in the bathroom, all right, she comes through the bedroom and she didn't knock on the door this morning. She peeked in the door, all right? And instead of just coming on to me, she pushes the door and then she goes backwards all the way to the bedroom door 
and then runs as fast as she can. Of course, when she hits me, I'm like up against the, the tub, so it's like, oh, you know, and then, then you get to hold her. But she, there's never a thought that, she's gonna, that I'm going to move and she's going to end up in the tub. There's never a thought in her mind that daddy's going to go, you know, like Bugs Bunny and the bull, right? It doesn't cross her mind. Whenever you listen to Jesus talking about the children, that is the meat of that message, right? That idea. I think the meat of the message is that, but I think we miss out on, on the disciples' problem. And if we miss out on the disciples' problem, we miss out on what the church needs to be taught. See, all people need to be taught about the children. But the disciples learn a lesson in these three verses. Listen. When the disciples saw the children coming, they rebuked them. So Jesus has been doing a lot of teaching and families show up and these little babies just with, with no, you know, with inhibition, they just run up to him. And mommies are like, yeah, go see the master. Go see the teacher. Go see the prophet, all right? And the disciples go, hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Kind of acting like bodyguards, security guards, you know? Hey, 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 hey. Jesus' time is precious. Hey, hey, hey. He has places to go and people to see. Hey, hey, hey. He loves you, but, all right, we have to be here at 2.30 and here at 4.30. Listen to me. Do church people ever kind of lose their place in where they really are with God? I am a deacon. I am a Sunday school teacher. I am the head of the Vacation Bible School of the Art Camp. I have not only been to Guatemala, but I've gone to Eastern Kentucky. Remember last week, I don't just give 10%, I give 10% two times a week. Do we ever lose our place and become mental gatekeepers for the kingdom? Have you ever looked out there and said, I'm not sure they deserve his time? That's exactly what is happening right here. Hey, 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 Jesus has better things to do. And Jesus' response is, does he? You know? Scooby-Doo? I, I do? I have better things to do than, the, than love people who want to run at me with no, you know, with all the inhibitions? I, I, I have better things to do than heal people who actually believe that I can heal them. I have better things to do than look at the ones who see me as father and know that without my coverage, without my protection, without my healing, without my riches, they have nothing. I think I'm going to spend my time with them. I'd rather spend my time with people who know exactly who I am and believe that they are who I say that they are. If you're going to sing it, buy it. The disciples got a little reprimand right there. And while Jesus is looking at them and saying, ah, 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 those who are all in, those who don't 
um, 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 look down through and see what they have to pay for before they write their tithe check. Those who don't go down through there and check everything in their calendar before they decide they're going to church. Those who don't get everything else done then decide if they're going to read their scriptures. I want people who come unto me. I want people who seek ye first the kingdom of God and then what? All these things will be added unto you. Children just run. Parents go, well, I have to think about what she's going to think of me and what he's going to think of me. And then I need to think about what I have to do for the children that I've been given. And then I have to think about what I've already committed to. And then if I have time left, Jesus, I am happy to see you because joy to the world, the Lord has come. At, at, at what place in your schedule? And this guy in the crowd, it kind of it catches him, you know? Jesus is talking to the disciples, but there's a guy over here, and we know that he's a decent feller. The rich young ruler gets a bad rap, right? I mean, this guy strolls in on his BMW, two-humped, convertible camel, all right? Uh, he does, you know, a Mercedes-Benz thing right on his forehead, and uh, Prince Ali, glorious he, Ali Ababwa, strolls into town. And he's listening to this teacher. And the part he catches is, hey, if anything else is more important than me, it may not be possible for you to get in. And the ruler says, hey, 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 I'm a little older than four. Um, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? I'm going to come back to the verse in between in a minute because, you know, just trust me. He says, what do I got to do? Jesus knows who he is. Jesus knows who his parents are. Jesus knows what he has. And Jesus says, hey, 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 look at what he says. You know the commandments. Jesus knows that he knows. He knows that since he was a boy, he's been ingrained in the scriptures. He knows that since he was right about 12 years old, he's been confirmed. He's gone to the temple. He's done what it takes. He, can, he has the right things memorized. So he says, you know the commands. And he doesn't, ready? He doesn't give any. If you don't know the ten, you know the Ten Commandments, but if you don't know the story behind the Ten Commandments, a portion of the Ten Commandments has to do with you and God, Right? Uh, uh, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, have no other gods before me, etc. And then a portion of the Ten Commandments deals with you and everybody else. So don't steal, don't kill, don't lie, etc. Right? Okay, well Jesus doesn't mention the relation with him, but he does list the relation with everybody else. Do not steal, do not kill, do not commit adultery, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And the guy responds with exactly what Jesus knows he's going to respond to. You know how the Jewish faith works. I know how the Jewish faith works. All of these I have kept since I was a boy. The, in, the, the inference here is that ever since I was taught this, ever since I memorized it and went through, I've done these things. Okay. Okay. No problem. If you've done all of these things, then, then this isn't going to be hard at all. There's just one thing left to do. One thing with two things in it. I have a request that requires two things of you. Go, sell everything you have, comma. Notice he does it. If he just left it there, that'd be one thing, but he doesn't. Go sell everything you have and what? I heard it. Give it to the poor. 
And the second is, come follow me. And I've said this before and I'm going to say it again because all of you, all of you, all of you ought to be able to answer this question, okay? We good Baptists have grown up thinking that an invitation is that thing at the end of a service at the bottom line of a bulletin right before the benediction that is where we stand up and in this today's culture you do that really awkward thing where you say excuse me pardon me excuse me pardon me and you come down front and they give you a card and when you get to heaven you slide that in the door and da 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 all right Jesus never never gave an invitation like that do I believe that they work? Of course I believe that they work. I was an evangelist for 20-something years. I've seen people saved in ones. I've seen people saved in two, three hundred at a time. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Not my will, his, right? But Jesus never said that. Jesus only gave one invitation, and it was two words long. Follow me. You ought to be able to answer that question. What is the invitation of Jesus? Get saved? No. Get right? No. The invitation is simple. Follow me. We'll break that down another day, but you need to be able to answer that question. What is the invitation of Jesus? What is the invitation of Jesus? That's it. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and come follow me. Now, do you remember when a wise man, it was a Pharisee actually once asked the question, how do you sum up the commandments? Anybody remember that? How do you sum up the commandments? And Jesus replied with what we call um, the, the, the greatest commandment, all right? Not, not the Great Commission, the Great Commandment, which is what? Love the Lord your God. Come on, church. I got the microphone, but you need to speak up. Love the Lord your God with all your, with all your, with all your, with all your. And the second is like it. How are the Ten Commandments broken down? Love God, love people. What is the request that Jesus makes of the rich young ruler? If it were just about riches, it would simply say sell everything, but it doesn't. It says sell everything and what? Which would show me that you, and come follow me, which is showing me that. What happens if you don't, what is the definition of the word sum, S-U-M? The total of what? It's the total of all the parts. Yes, the mathematical definition of sum is the total of all the parts. If I do not have 10, do I have five sets of two? No. If I do not have 10, do I have 10 ones? No. If I do not have, if I do not have 10, then I don't have four two and a halves. If I don't have the total, I don't have the parts. Listen to me. If this man cannot follow through on what his lips say, all these I have kept since I was a boy. You've kept them in your mind. You've kept them in your memory. You've kept them in your heart, but they have no place in your life. Why not? You're a good boy. We always, again, give him a bad rat. He's not a bad kid. He's just got a religion and not a relationship. He's got memorization and not mission. Do I believe that scripture memory is important? I do. But if scripture memory is like a multiplication table, which we all remember from fourth grade, one times one is one, one times two is two, one times nine times nine is 81. Yeah, we all, yeah. It doesn't matter. 
It doesn't say thy word I have treasured in my brain that I might not sin against you. It says thy word I have treasured in my... And it doesn't say memorized. It says treasured. The problem is a lot of us know scripture. We don't love scripture. And that is a big difference. Huge difference. And the difference is how it plays out in your life. The difference is what comes before me. And so Jesus makes an example of this man. And it just so happens that this man's thing, this man's uh, whatever's on, locked on his door, all right? This man's uh, deadbolt is money. Now, I don't have that problem. I just do not have that problem. Not only is money not, not tempting or not a problem for me, I, I've never had it. I don't know that I ever will. And so it's not a big deal. I've made decent money. I've made little money, all right? Money's not my thing. But listen, all of us got a thing. None of us wants to stand up and say, eh, this is my thing because we don't want everybody to know about our thing. And some of us have multiple things. Let's just be clear. All right? I've told you this before and I'll say it again because I am not afraid to say it because I need you to love me for who I am, not who you think I are. All right? So all of my life, I have had to, to deal with this. Well, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than wealth. That one, that verse doesn't get me at all. Don't care. But this one does. I'd rather have Jesus than man's applause. Mm. God made me to get up in front of folks, and I like doing it. And I sure like the pats on the bottom that come after it. I do. And I've had to, for years, push that down. I've had to, for years, look in the mirror and go, not my will, but yours. I've had to, for years, you've heard me pray it before I preach, say, God, don't let this be me. Don't let this be me, because you know what we got if it's me? We got a funny, talented time. It might include some song lyrics or some cartoon characters, and then we're all going home. But we're going home unchanged. And the real deal here is, it's not, it can be money. It can be pride. It can be lust. It can be drugs. It can be alcohol. It can be um, uh, concern, worry, anxiousness. It can be the weight of the world on your shoulders that you're carrying alone. It can be all kinds of things, but it's keeping you from Jesus. And Jesus says it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle. Now, it's not talking about, that's not what it's talking about, okay? The eye of the needle, okay, is a place in the desert. It's almost like a natural, a natural gate. It, it's, a, it's a rock formation, okay? And it's, it's circular, but it's very small. I mean, incredibly small, okay? And, and if you come up to it as a camel and a rider, you're going to go around it because it's fantastically difficult, especially if you have a big camel, all right? A Mercedes-Benz camel with two humps and a, and a roof, you know, it's real difficult. But if, here's the part nobody's maybe ever told you. If you are going to get through it, Miss Dana, what is it? You got to what? The camel has to get on its knees. If you're going to go through the eye of a needle, the camel must kneel and then bow its head to get through. I don't think that was an accident. 
if you're going to overcome whatever your problem is, you're going to have to stop hiding. You have to start acting like it's not there. Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, only the penitent man shall pass. And he has to bow down before the thing cuts his head off. Well, that's us. Unless you're willing to bow humbly before God, you're not getting in anyway. That's why Jesus said, I'll give you riches. I'll give you riches beyond your imagination. But we can't see past ourselves. We can't see past what we have. What do you mean riches? There's not only like three people in the kingdom with more money than me. What is it you're going to give me? Do you have any idea how small you are? That's why we have to go back to the word good. This is when Jesus knew he wasn't going to get it. Why do you call me good? No one is good except God. That verse confused me for years. Confused me for years. God is good. Everybody knows God is good. God is good. Why would Jesus say, why do you call me good? No one is good. Ah, it's not about him. It's about the man. It's about us. We have a really shattered perception of what good is. How do I know? Have you ever heard this statement? God's not going to send them to hell. They're a good person. Anybody? I'm not worried about what God's going to do. I'm, 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 a, I'm a pretty good person. Listen, if, if we could actually put microphones on a million ants, microphones on ants, okay, and listen to them as they go about the hustle and bustle of their lives, all right, as they look at one another and see an ant that's bigger than another ant and go, ooh, look, that guy's huge. And another ant says, no, that guy's even huger. Look at that guy, he's huge. If we could watch this, we would find that absolutely hysterical, wouldn't we? Because if we could then speak to them and go, do you have any idea what huge is? And then for us to say that's kind of stupid. Have you seen the pictures that this satellite is sending back, folks? Do you have any idea how small the earth really is? Do you have any idea how many galaxies are out there? To call ourselves ants would be giving us way too much. To call ourselves the dust on the legs of the ant would be giving us way too much. This is what Jesus is trying to say. You can't fathom what good is. And because you think you know, everything is in the way. A child doesn't measure, they just run. You're so busy measuring that you don't ever come. You're so busy comparing yourself to others, to politicians, to friends, to yourself. And Peter realized when he stood next to Jesus, oh, my lands, depart from me for I am a sinner. You get into the kingdom by going, there's not a mountain I could climb. There's not an amount of money that I could make. There's not a sin that I can commit or repent from. There is nothing that I can do but run and throw myself into the arms of the Father, knowing full well I'm not going to end up in the tub. I'm not going to end up on the ground. I'm not going to end up in the yard. I'm going to end up where? In his arms. 
And the kingdom of God is simply that. When this life is over, you're in the Father's arms or you're not. The end. Heaven is simply this, with God. Hell is simply this, without Him. I would say choose, but I've said it before. I'm not going to say choose today. Here's what I'm going to say. Look. Look. Look at your calendar. Look in the mirror. Look at your daily planner. Look at your checkbook. Look at if you could play out what your mind thinks about for 24 hours and you could see it, look at that. Then tell me, what would Jesus ask of you? Go and sell. Go and get rid of. And come follow me. That's what you have to chew on today. Okay? That's what you have to chew on today. Go and come follow me. Oh, there's riches. There's glory. There's hope. There's peace. But you have to trust me. I'll catch you. Let's pray. God, we... We ask for something very heavy and very hard now. For those of us who are willing, God, here's what we want. Would you use your Holy Spirit to point out exactly what it is that we're to lay down? Would you use your Holy Spirit to point out exactly what it is that you need us to lay down? You need us to give up. You need us to do. What is it you want from us today? How is it that we can run freely into your arms, knowing that you will swing us around, smile, look deeply into our eyes, find nothing of fault in us, and pull us close? God, we ask you, we ask you, to, to call these things out and we ask you for the strength to lay them down in Jesus' name and amen.